All right, what is happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Thursday? I uh, I've been watching Wimbledon pretty much all morning. I tell you what, this has been this has been such an awesome tournament. There's been so many great matches, so many great upsets. I mean, it's been a lot of fun to watch. This morning I was watching uh, uh, Jason Kubler and Ugo Umber. That was back and forth to the end. I mean, that went from each player was like minus 500 at one point in the final set. It was great. So that was a lot of fun. And how about Casper Ruud, the number four overall seed, losing in the uh, second round this morning to, who was that? He lost to uh, Liam Brody. And that was, uh, on on paper, it was a huge upset. But really, if you look at the the lead up, after the French Open final, obviously Casper Ruud lost to uh, Djokovic in the in the championship in the final, he took a couple weeks off. He went and played golf, didn't do any warm ups on the grass court or on the glass the grass uh, court, and he's let it known he hates playing on grass, or at least he doesn't prefer it. He doesn't like grass season very much. So that showed today. I mean, you have little pieces like that. You don't back players like Casper Ruud in these kind of situations, especially against a the upset artist <laughs> known as Liam Brody. But in all seriousness, if you look at the ELO rankings, I love the tennis abstract ELO rankings. Great jumping off point for anyone looking to uh, handicap these games or these matches, I should say. Um, go to tennisabstract.com. It's the current ELO rankings for the ATP Tour. And you can get all kinds of good stuff there. But if you look at the overall ELO rankings, Casper Ruud on hard court is 16th overall. On clay court, he's 7th overall. And on grass, he's 53rd overall. So clearly a big drop off there. And that was apparent today. But overall, Wimbledon's been so much fun to watch. And like I said, all the matches on ESPN+. Plus. So if you haven't yet, definitely uh, catch a couple. It's, 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 uh, tennis is one of the more thrilling sports to watch for sure that I bet on. So, all right, um, let's get to strong versus weak markets. That's going to be the topic for today's show. We will also have a pick. I'm going to give one pick away for college football to end the show, but um, strong versus weak markets. I haven't talked about this in a while, and it's a good refresher with a lot of strong markets coming up, right? There's going to be football here in about a month and a half, both college football and NFL fit into the pretty strong market category, NBA as well. But you know, what is a strong market? Why does it matter? what a strong market is and what a weak market is. The reason why this matters is because the more we want to win in sports betting, I think the easiest thing to do is start betting in weaker markets or smaller markets. There's a reason why for the first five, six years of my career, I really didn't bet much NFL at all. Only, honestly, this season is a season where I'm, I'm actually going to get in fully and start betting the NFL a lot because I have the resources finally to be able to compete with other sports bettors and use all of the information available to bet because like we're going to talk about on today's show for a long time there I wouldn't want to bet on the NFL because you're competing sports betting is a multiplayer sport it's not you versus the sports book it's you versus the sports book as well as everyone who's bet before you so by betting stronger markets inherently you're competing against better sports bettors and here's why we'll talk about the difference between the two so let's start with with uh, uh what a strong market is there are a couple ways to define a strong market. Uh, a lot of liquidity is the most obvious answer. Okay, The more liquidity, the more money surrounding a sport or bet into a sport, the stronger the market's going to be. And really, if you want to get specific with it, it comes down to how many market-making books are there for a specific sport. So let's quickly talk about a market-making book. Most books that we all bet at are not market-making books. BetMGM, FanDuel, Caesars, all these books... 
they are not market making books. Those are more retail sports books that simply copy other sports books prices, right? If you think about Bet Online or even DraftKings for something like the NHL, DraftKings tries to market make occasionally. Market making simply means you come up with your own line and then you move your line based on your customer's action. So the more market makers there are, the more strong the, the the stronger the market's going to be. Think about the NFL. There's about five, six, seven market making books for the NFL. And I use different numbers because some weeks books are opening, some weeks are other others aren't. But in general, you can find about five to seven outlets every week where you can get fresh, updated, original numbers from different NFL books. Now, these these books don't want to go don't want to differ too much from one another because if these market maker books for the NFL offer a three and a half and a two and a half, they're going to get middled and arbitraged and and uh, arbitrage betters are going to hammer that into play. So it's not going to be worth it for them. But overall, the more market making books, the inherently stronger the lines are going to be for this reason. If there's only one market making book, which for a lot of American sports, there are, there's only one book generally that opens up lines and it'll create uh, their own line for like the NHL. Now, I would say there's probably two for the NHL, Bet Online and uh, DraftKings tries to do this sometimes. They don't always. But the idea is if there's only one market making book, there's a chance that money's lopsided for one reason or another. Maybe there's a big money better that doesn't win a lot, that just simply is bet a lot, right? And that's moved the line. Maybe there's tons of public betters that have logged onto this one site or sportsbook in a bet. So there's lots of reasons why one sportsbook may have, quote, inaccurate money, but five or 10 sportsbooks that are all originating, they won't. This is a much more efficient system, much stronger line by definition. That's how you get a stronger market, more market-making books, Therefore, the money's more accounted for. It means more. And even if you're copying, if you're BetMGM and you're copying these lines, the more market-making books there are to look at and copy from, the better your lines are obviously going to be. So that's really what it comes down to behind the scenes. How many books are originating market-making books for any given sport? So people think that like the NFL and NBA are strong markets because they're the most popular sports. And that actually is true, but it becomes a loop and it feeds into one another. So more people watch the NFL, more people watch the NBA, more people want to bet on those sports. So more people are betting into the market, meaning more liquidity, right? And more liquidity, as we talked about, means a stronger market. So the more liquidity makes the market stronger. Also, the more demand means there's going to be higher betting limits, more bets offered, and more overall action. You're going to get more player props, more derivative markets, and they're going to let you bet more per game. And on an NFL Sunday, because the markets are so strong, they're very confident in those numbers, they'll let you bet 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. Sometimes if you're a known sports better and, and they'll let you get money down, you can bet 20, 25, 50,000 sometimes. And now that's getting up there. But you can bet that much money on, on given, any given game on the NFL on Sunday in Las Vegas. If you go five minutes before an NHL game any given night in Las Vegas, there's a lot of places that won't let you get more than 500 down. <laughs> Honestly, 750, maybe 1,000, right? Now, maybe 2,000 at times if you're not, if, if you're a known loser or a backrab player or something like that. But the point is, think about that. They may stretch it to 2,000 bucks, 2,500 bucks to make an NHL bet, and they'll let you bet 10, 20 times that on an NFL market. The reason is they know 
how much stronger those lines are. Therefore, the higher betting limits, because they're stronger, you can get more money down. That's why it starts to feed into one another, right? The more money means they're going to get stronger, the stronger they are, the more money. So it just it, it's a circle here. Now, this is self-perpetuating because let's say you're a millionaire and you want to get into sports betting. It's kind of an interesting situation because you're almost forced to bet sports like the NFL and NBA because the limits are high enough to where it's worth your while. If you're a million dollar, you know, if you're a millionaire, you want to make 500,000 or 250,000 a year betting sports, you're not going to want to bet 500 a game on the NHL. It's just not worth your time. So you're almost naturally going to be forced to bet sports like the NFL, but you'll also be forced into competing with the world's best sports bettors who are already in those sports. So it's kind of interesting now if you want to get in to sports betting because the strong versus weak markets. But if you aren't a millionaire like most of us and you can operate under the radar like I still do in my career, I recommend betting sports that don't have a strong market. Now, a lot of you want to bet what you watch. You know, it's funny. It's so funny that that most people who aren't great sports bettors, they're only betting the NFL and NBA, right? They're competing with the best sports bettors in the world because that's what they watch. So it's kind of this weird paradoxical thing. It's like, if you really want to make money betting sports, you should bet more college baseball and college basketball and, and, and hockey and, and, and the, these kind of sports, right? Not Premier League and NFL and NBA. So it's just, these are tough markets to beat because they're strong because of what we just talked about. A uh, quick note here, sometimes for like huge public games like the World Cup final or the Super Bowl, public money can and will influence the line. So for games like that, very rare specific instances, but for games like that, what should be by definition a very strong market may not be because the overwhelming amount of public money on those games. But that's just a note. That doesn't happen very often, but it is worth knowing for things like the Super Bowl that does happen. All right, before we get out of here, let's give a pick. We got one pick to give away that's for college football. Uh, I think it's week one, because remember there's week zero. I'm not sure exactly, but it's a huge game early in the year. LSU, FSU. Now this is a, it's technically a neutral field game, even though it's in Florida. It's a Camping World Stadium. So it's a lot closer to Florida State, but I mean, I would assume the the, the turnout's going to be 50-50 for sure. So my bet here is LSU minus two and a half. Now here's the thing. All, you know, full transparency, I do have LSU a couple different ways. I have a mostly minus two, and I actually spent a little bit of money to get it onto two because I just wanted it to look clean in my portfolio, and so I spent a little extra, which I shouldn't have. But either way, I think minus two is still bettable. Now it's moving. It's three in some places. It's still two and a half on DraftKings, Caesars, Bet Online. I think uh, you can get a piece of it on Better Edge as well. If you do do sign up at Better Edge, put in promo code SBD, and they'll get you a free 20 bucks in your account. That's betteredge.com, promo code SBD. But this line's moving quick, okay? All the big money early bettors are thinking what I am and seeing what I'm seeing. LSU is a little bit underrated, and FSU is a little bit overrated. I personally have LSU fifth in my power ratings. I've got Florida State 12th overall. And look, let's let's get this straight. That doesn't mean LSU is that much better than FSU. It's, it's still only about six points or so separating them. But on a neutral field with the two and a half available right now, I think this is serious value on FSU or on LSU, I should say. Now, here's the thing with Florida State. I think Florida State's going to be a good team. They won 10 games last year. They're bringing back a ton. But I don't think they're going to be nearly as good as the as you're hearing on a lot of these shows, a lot of these prediction shows on ESPN. People are really buying stock with FSU. And I think that they could have a good year. But this is a terrible first game for them to start off with. LSU's not only got the revenge factor, but they're going to be so much... They filled in all the pieces they needed to with transfers and and 
honestly, development from last year, this this team is going to have Brian Kelly written all over it. And and, and you, it's funny because Brian Kelly football, in my opinion, has shifted in in the last several years, right? Like like four, five, six years. Brian Kelly football used to be conservative football. Your offense isn't going to make mistakes. Your defense is going to be you know the one that kind of comes through and wins it for you in big games. That's not the case. Last year, Jaden Daniels ran the ball 186 times. Second on the team in terms of attempts was Josh Williams. He ran the ball 97 times. So this offense is going to be more conser- or is going to be less conservative the more talent they get, especially early in the season. Look, health may be a concern. Schedule may be a concern. I'm not saying that because I have LSU right now fifth. I think they're going to finish fifth. I'm saying right now to start the year, healthy, all things considered, LSU right now, I believe, is the fifth best team in the country. So this is a fate of Florida State. This is a, a, I'm jumping on LSU right here with everyone else. Like I said, this is three in a lot of places. It opened up two. You can still get a two and a half in several areas where I mentioned Caesars, DraftKings, Bet Online, and Better Edge. But this is, I, I like LSU this year. Now, I, I do have question marks about the secondary. Can they be elite consistently? But LSU's got three juniors, one senior. They definitely have the experience in the secondary. So this is also a power ratings play, like I mentioned. Uh, big numbers play here. And if things keep going the, this direction and people keep betting on LSU, we've got a chance to come back on the other side, if we want to, with Florida State plus three and a half or plus four. Now, I don't know if it's going to get up there, but certainly a middle opportunity if we want. But the pick is LSU minus two and a half, minus 110 against Florida State. So that game's early on in the college football season. All right, does it for today's show. Appreciate everyone listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.